Thanks for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. I'm talking on, the, on this, uh, this series on gifted and I want to talk to you about the, the church is the gift of God. Um, and I know Murray preached on the authority, the gift of authority a couple of weeks ago, a fantastic message. But understand the church is God's gift to us. Showing us that God is redeeming our, our diversity and our differences, enabling us to experience true community, and furthering the mission of sharing the message and the ministry of Jesus with the world. That's the job of the church. In our world, in Highlands' world, we, we, we turned the world upside down to a degree because, I don't know, I grew up where we went to church then we went to small group on Wednesday, and then we had to evangelize. And if you're a Christian outreach center in those days, you had to evangelize. Like you were measured on outreach. And um, knock on doors, and if you're like me, uh, I knocked on a door, and they slammed the door shut. Go figure. <laughs> Friends of mine would knock on door, and there was one lady in particular, Marilyn, and, and she had a gift in this area. She'd knock on a door, and they'd say, oh, come in and have a cup of coffee. It was Nescafe in those days. So I was quite happy I didn't get invited in. But no, the, the reality was that, that the church is the hope of the world. And if I say that, and I'm going to address that during the message, because you've probably heard that, and I, I want to change a little bit of that. But we've turned it from, from church, small group, evangelism, to discipleship, community, and worship. Why are we coming to this place today? This isn't the church. This is an aspect of the church, which is our worship service. We come and we celebrate and we worship together. You go back to the Jewish world. and I've got a friend of mine who's a Jewish rabbi who I love to talk to. He's been saved and got kicked out of the synagogue, so he's really good to talk to. And uh, kicked out of the Brisbane synagogue. Really interesting. Of course, he gave his life to Jesus. Go figure. But... We're talking about what makes up a service. In, in the, the Jewish days, it was praise. They'd come in and they'd praise God. And, and then they would pray. And prayer, was, as you know, if you study a bit of Judaism, prayer is critical to their, to their belief. They pray for everything. They pray all the time and they pray for everything. And, and then they have the word. And, and that's the word of God is preached and encouragement. And then there's giving. And that makes up a Jewish service. The Torah comes out, the Word of God. Nothing's changed in that. That's worship. That's church. But community is so important. And community is a gift. Sadly, in the world we live in, I think we downgrade community, particularly in our world. I grew up in a suburb in Sydney, so I'm a blues supporter. And you love the way that just brings reaction. I love that. But I lived, brought up in this little community in Sydney, and it was a, a close-knit community, and I had aunties and uncles all the way up the street. So I had Auntie Dorothy across the road, and we had Auntie Irene and Uncle Nev, and Auntie Elliot, and Auntie Vi, and had all these different, you see how old I am by the names, but you, 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 you had all this community. But what I've found now is we live in an isolated world, and, and, and the, the world is desperate 
the community. We are desperate, and as Christians, we are catalysts of community. That's what we are. We create community. We should be those people to create community. And then there's discipleship, and, and discipleship, God says to us in Matthew 28, go into all the world. And make disciples of all nations. Teach the things that I commanded you. And you think about that and break it down. It's really easy. We go out and make good friends. Be a good friend. That's how easy it is. And somehow we've made it hard. We've somehow we've got to have the five steps to evangelism. Or no, 12 steps because that's God number. Uh, we've got to have these steps to evangelism. But it's really easy. Just be a good friend. Just be a good friend. And if you're a good friend and, and Jesus is in your life and you're giving your life to Christ and you've, you've got Jesus in your life, people look at you and go, what is it about you? I want what you've got. And what have we got? All we've got is Christ. We give, we give that away. We imprint people on Jesus. And that's what a good friend does. I don't know about you, I gave my life to Christ and it's changed my world. You know, one of the things I've found about Jesus, he makes me better at life. Why wouldn't I want people to have that? And the world tries to shut us down, the devil tries to shut us down. But it's because he wants to make it difficult where it's just meant to be really easy. Be a good friend. That's what we should be known for. You see, we should be irresistible to the world. The church should be irresistible. Why do we do the things we do? Why do we have screens and drums and music and, and try and set this place up, even though it's a school hall, try and set it up to remove the resistibility out of it, that people walk in and go, well, that wasn't what I expected. But what about the resistibility in our lives? I think about how am I resistible to people? Hypocrisy. Thing used to annoy me. It used to and still does, but the hypocrites. I grew up in an Anglican church and and people would come and do to do church on Sunday and then be mongrels on Monday. Hypocrisy, and you go, Whoa, what's going on? How can you come and be, be pious on Sunday? and be something else on Monday. Hypocrisy, how do we get that out of our life? How do we actually become authentic to the world? Criticism and judgment. Oh, what are we known for? Oh, they're bigots in church. They're all bigots, you know. All got an opinion. Yeah, we do, and they're like armpits. They all stink, so get rid of those ones. Why don't we not criticise? Why don't we encourage? Why don't we turn it around and become encouragers? Instead of judging, why don't we become people who love? If you're always criticizing and judging and pulling people down, it actually hurts you. One of the things I've found about that, that people who are critical people or people who are judgy people, they're not successful because they're always looking at the problems, not the opportunity. If you get that out of that, that, the resistibility of judgment and criticism and start to see the cup half full and start to see life as good, all of a sudden I've found that you, you tend to prosper. If you see problems everywhere, maybe you're the problem. Oh, 
Just maybe. Because there's not problems everywhere. There's incredible opportunity and blessing. Jesus said this. He said, if you go outside and look to the, look up, look to the sky and you'll see God. Yet we can so easy to get swept into the problems of life and we become resistible. It should be not in spite of the church, but because of the church. And who's the church? We are. Not the building. Somehow we've framed it up and came out of church history where the buildings were given to, to the priests. And we've created that as the church. That's not the church. We're the church. We are the church. Isn't that exciting to think there's an army of God, there's an ecclesia, a group of people, a movement of people who have this passion to change the world, have a passion to do good for the world, have a passion to take kids out of poverty by compassion, have a passion to see young people come and encounter Jesus, have a passion across the generations to see life change. That's the church. That's who we are. I love the way Philippians puts it. Paul's talking to the Philippian church. And obviously there was a few challenges. If you were with Paul, there was a few challenges. You know, thrown into jails, killed, thrown out of buildings, you know, all those different. He had a couple of issues. But this is what he said. He said, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue in anything praiseworthy, Meditate on these things. So easy to meditate on the other stuff. Meditate on these things. Meditate on the greatness and the goodness of God, the prosperity of God. Jeremiah says, find the shalom of a city, the peace and prosperity of the city. That's our job. Find the peace and prosperity of the city. Bring the peace and prosperity to the city. That's the gift of the church. And then it says at the end of that scripture, and the God of peace will be with you. So the opposite might be, find the criticism, find the judgment, find all the other stuff, look at the problem here. Oh, well, you know, that keyboard of the day, oh, I don't know. You know, you look at the guitarist over there, I think there's something going on between those two. They are, they're married. You can see all the problems, and see problems in the world, see problems everywhere that don't exist. And the scripture says, you might not have the peace of God with you. Because one of the things I find, if I find things that are noble and things are a good report, I'm peaceful. When I see all the problems, I'm not. And then I get into small-mindedness. Then I get narrowed down. And I somehow lose the peace of God. Think about being sloppy. Being resi resistible by being sloppy. Or the Australian age... Highest enough is good enough, mate. Don't you hate that? That's what people expect of the church. They come in, that's why they love Highlands. 
Because close enough is not good enough. If we're not doing the best we can, we've got to be the best we can. If we are doing the best, we've got to get better. It's not a prideful statement. It's an honouring of God's statement. So easy to be sloppy. Then we've got the Christianese. Who loves Christianese? Have you been washed in the blood, brother? You think about that to an unsaved person. Well, that's weird. We use all these Christianese. Glory! Hallelujah! Sister! And the people just don't get it. But that's, you listen sometimes to the words we use. And we are resistible to the world. Oh, well, the church should be different. Yeah, it should be different. It should stand out. It should make a difference. It should make a difference. Because you've heard that saying buzzing around Christendom for years. The local church is the hope of the world. It's not. Jesus is but we're his ambassadors. Jesus is the hope to the world. And all his wisdom and the wisdom of God, he's handed the gift to the church, to us, to be his ambassadors in the world. So I have a dream. I dream about this. Of every Highlander, just finding one, just one person this year. You imagine this place, finding one, that you're so resistible to that one that they come and know Jesus. What a great problem to have. You know, we need two services now, like the place is full this morning, the kids are overflowing, and it's great. Because we want to see more than just what's in here. How do you change the world? One person at a time. And how do you do that? You say, God, who is it today? Because it's not hard. Somehow we make it hard. It's not hard. God, who is it today you want me to be a great friend to? Who is it? And know what I've found about that, that just praying that simple prayer? All of a sudden, God brings somebody. <laughs> and you know what? It's not hard because it's God bought and they ask the questions. I don't have to. I don't have to be doing the spiritual conversation going back to let's find my spiritual starter sentence. I was bad at it, honestly. I, I'm, preaching, you're preaching, I'm preaching from a position that I used to be bad at it. We'd sit in the restaurant, go out for dinner. The waiter would come. Well, the waiter and Paul Moore is having flashbacks right now. And they'd come and, you know, do the nice waiter or waitress thing. And I'd say, oh, where do you go to church? Oh. <laughs> Start a spiritual conversation. Because I'm Christian Outreach Center. I go to church on Sunday and small group on Wednesday. And I evangelize the world. <laughs> but it was resistible. Called to be a church changes the world we are the church how do we reflect Jesus to the world because we're a gift to the world see when Jesus is your Lord 
So often we choose Jesus as Saviour, not Jesus as Lord. We want the benefits without the commitment. If Jesus is Lord, we can become the gift to the world. But he says, hey, do this. Sponsor a compassion child. But it's inconvenient. But there's lordship. We can make a difference in the world. So you think about this gift of the church. Because then there's pastors in churches, isn't there? They've got Murray and Kaz at the front and Pastor Mitch who's running youth and pastors in small groups and worship pastors and children's church pastors. And the church can do a lot. And I used to hear this a lot. The church should. The church should feed hungry people. The church should. And they come as me as the pastor and say, Ken, the church should. There's a need in the community. The church should. The problem is, you're the church. And the role of the pastor is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And if they're not doing that, they're not doing their job. So if they're doing the ministry, they're not actually doing their job. The job of the pastor is to equip the saints. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16 says this, And he himself gave to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. See, the church, being all of us, are a gift to the world. I love what it goes on to say. It says that we'll come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, the perfect to a perfect man, the measure of stature of the fullness of Christ. We should no longer be, to be children tossed to and fro and carried about every wind of doctrine. And I see people today on TikTok getting TikTok doctrine. I had a person come to me last week. We were at a, 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 an event and he said, I've been listening to TikTok and listen to all these people, and they're saying, Jesus wasn't the name, it was uh, another name, which has gone from my mind as I'm standing here. He said, so we're not calling Jesus by name. And he built this whole doctrine around that. But I said, you know what? Funny thing is, when I use the name of Jesus, devils get cast out. When I use the name of Jesus, I see people healed. When I declared Jesus as I walked into the ICU of my father who were told that he was going to die, came to life and his heartbeat came back to normal at the name of Jesus. TikTok technology and theology doesn't give you the answer. I look at Dave Harney, my friend who's up the back with Rita, most one of my heroes of faith. Two people just there, you don't know him. But... I've seen a man who's worked through stuff over the years, who's lived through challenges, who's lived through where he could have been offended and probably was, but he's still here. Building buildings, changing the world, built the auditorium at Middle Ridge, built churches all over the world, built the church in Brighton over in England. I don't know how many churches you've built now, David. It was 20s and 30s, isn't it? 140. Yeah, just a couple. Um, Built skill buildings, sowed into missions, 
created buildings into the Solomon Islands, was sent his son to New Guinea last week to be with Murray and up in New Guinea. These two up there, heroes of faith. You see, because sometimes we put the hero of faith being the pastor at the front. It's not. It's the people in the pew that are the heroes of faith, that are doing the work of the ministry. Whatever your gift is, and with series on gifted, it's whatever your gift is, we apply it to our Lord Jesus, and it makes a difference in the world. Your gift may not be to preach. Your gift may not be out in the children's church. It might be, and if you'd like to, please see Murray later. Your gift might be to give, and we downgrade the gift to giving, but it's a powerful gift. We don't talk about it because people get offended about money, because people get funny about money. But there's people in this room that are gifted. There's people in this room that are called to the mission field. There's people in this room that are called to ministry and you've walked away going, oh, I can't do that. But the call of God's over your life. We're doing a, a thing, ad, ad break, 15 seconds. That's what it's supposed to be if you understand media. We're doing a, a, a thing next year on called grip and grip is identifying your spiritual gift but also not just your spiritual gift but how to apply your spiritual gift because a lot of spiritual gift stuff was i found out what my gift is look at me when it's actually i can do something for you that's not i it's we and we're not rushing into it we want it to to process through but to find people, their purpose in life to make a difference in the world. So the role of the church is to minister. That's your role. 2 Timothy says it this way, 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2. Paul's talking to his son. Timothy, a son in the Lord. He's um, probably at, at Ephesus at the time. Ephesus was a you know, you think about a young guy pastoring a church. He's probably in his 20s. He's probably got a church of about 200,000 people. That's what they say. A little church. I don't know about you, being 20 and having a little church like that could be a challenge. Paul says this to him. He says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you've heard from me, among many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. See, our job is to teach others also. Commit to. If you're looking for commitment from pastors in the church, you've got to be faithful to teach others also. Because that's what the whole gospel is about. It's about world domination. No, no, it is. Please understand. It is about world domination. People go, oh, no, you can't say that. Well, Jesus died on the cross for it, for crying out loud. I think I can. Rose again from the dead to take the world. For God so loved the, that he gave his only son, that none should perish. Oh, I'm sorry. No, can't have you. No, 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 we don't need you. No, no. Oh, you're Muslim. Sorry. Oh, you're gay. No, no, don't want you. Oh, oh no. You're the wrong color. Don't want you. No, 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 no. Every nation. Every tribe, every tongue. Come on. Don't you love, I love when we get together, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, worshipping Jesus together. And the food is sensational. 
See, I, we can't be judges. And I think somehow we want to be judges. Something inside of us. We've got an opinion and we need our, our judgment opinion out there. And I love the story of the adulterous woman in Scripture in John 8. Rather than read the whole thing, it can come up on the screen, but rather than read the whole thing, they've caught this woman in adultery, they've dragged her in front of Jesus, and they've brought out the law of Moses that said, stone her, kill her. Don't know what the bloke was doing, by the way. We don't go there. Um, but this is what Jesus said. Neither do I commend you. Go and sin no more. He wasn't judging. He said, I'm not going to condemn you. Go and sin no more. And then Jesus spoke to them again. This is the next scripture. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. See, that's the powerful statement. It's not about judging. It's about having the light of life. So when you've got the light of life, it's not about judging someone for their sin or condemning them. It's about having the light of life where they go, I want what you've actually got. Because you've got life. Something inside of you, the gift of the church is to give life to the world. What are you doing with your gift? See, it's so easy to rock up on a Sunday. That's good. We want you to. It'd be pretty boring if no one was here. It's not just that. To grab hold of God. I look at Mark chapter 10, verse 17, and this is the story of a rich young guy wandered up to Jesus. He said, what do I need to do to get eternal life? He said, why do you call me good to start with? No one's good, but there's God. You command the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not fall, bear false witness, do not fraud, honour your mother and father. And he answered them, I've done all of that. <laughs> it's funny how we answer the big sins, isn't it? Oh, no, I haven't done that one. <laughs> don't, don't talk about the other one. Don't talk about the money issue, the pride issue, the stuff you can't see. So often we major on the big sin, we judge on the big sin, but that's not the issue. The thing I think is so powerful at this, this is in Jesus, looking at him and loved him. Didn't condemn him, didn't judge him. He looked at him and loved him. How often do we, when we see something that we don't agree with, look at people and love them? You see, if we're the church, the message might get rejected, but the example of Jesus was love. Like Mitch said in hosting, did they do a good job too, by the way? Then hosting, was it Jacob? Come back into my life. But it's not looking, you notice it wasn't a look of judgment, it was a look of love. 
How many people is God bringing to your life where he just wants you to love them? One of the things I've found in my life, the people with the biggest problems are usually the ones closest to Jesus. The ones with the biggest attitudes are usually the closest one. The problem with the church is we address the attitude without loving them. You see, we are the church, the army of God. In Highland's case, we're one church meeting in many locations. It's incredibly powerful what God's done for us. By the way, we just lodged our mid. If you don't know what that is, it's a ministerial designation for our land. And it's been a long process of getting all the government ducks in a row. And uh, literally, it takes a long time to get government ducks in a row, let me tell you. It costs a lot of money. Um, but the mid-vlog, mid basically what we do is we do all the approval work for the government and then we present the package they can approve. And that's lodged, which is exciting because it means we might be able to build a building down there. The other exciting part, Highlanders, is we're planting a church in Gatton, which is fantastic. Another location next week on Sunday uh, afternoon, we're doing an interest meeting. So we're starting that journey. So you're all invited to come down and have a party in Gatton with us as we start to do an interest meeting to, to see that church begin. So that's exciting because we are Highlanders, one church meeting in many locations. So there's no different if you're at Middle Ridge or Highfields, you're planning in Gatton. Uh, we're changing the world together, hey? It's who we are. Matthew chapter 16 as I finished this morning. Then Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, Caesarea and Philippi. He asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah. Everyone's got an opinion, of course. Other than Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And John answered, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. I love the way he changes his name. But for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And also I say to you, so he went from Simon Barjona to Peter. You are Peter, and on this rock I'll build the church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And you will have the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. On this rock. What is the rock? The rock is a rock of revelation of Jesus. That's what it is. The rock of revelation that Jesus Christ is the saviour of the world. That he died on the cross, rose again from the dead. That's the rock of revelation. On that rock of revelation and not on the rock of religion. It's not on the rock of opinion. It's on the rock of a revelation of Jesus Christ. Romans 10.9 says, If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That's what it says. The rock of revelation. Revelation of who the church is. Revelation of who Jesus is. Revelation in the authority that we have. What you bind on earth. What you bind in heaven. What you loose. That's authority. Understand church, you are powerful. Don't listen to the culture of the world that says you're not. You are powerful. You are dangerous to the devil. And he'll come and put pressure on you. He might break into a house. Two pastors I know in Toowoomba have had their houses broken into. Dave up there, motorbike accident. 
Nearly killed him. Nearly bled out in the road. But the miracle of God was there. An ambulance at the right time. Paramedics, doctors. A car, seeing it happen, slowing down. See, the hand of God, you may go through a challenge. You may face a challenge, but will you let it build you or destroy you? Because it's there to build you. See, Paul, the Apostle Paul, thrown in jail, tried to kill him. Something come out of him, planted churches all through, all through Asia Minor, all through that area. Planted the Corinthian church, church just like ours. Pagans don't know Christ. Something about the authority. Don't let the devil scare you because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this place. Thank you for every person in this room. Father, inspire us today that the church is the gift that you've given us, that we open the gift and give it to others. Thank you, Father. I thank you for people in this place, for Isaac, who's been in Manila, changing the world with compassion, for people in this place that are sowing into the work, that seeing youth go to go to camps and have their life changed. Father, seeing sowing into this place to see buildings built that speak to the community. Sowing into this place as they walk alongside people and point them towards Jesus. Sowing into this place as they have small groups where they encounter God together. People experience community. Thank you that in this place we are not just a church but we are an ecclesia, a movement of people called, gifted to change the world. So thank you, Father, for every person that as they play their part, the scripture says as we play our part, we're knitted together for the outcome seeing the world changed and just while every eyes closed every head's bowed in this place we do this in every service but it's critical maybe you've been in church all your life maybe it's something you've done as a family maybe it's been religion to you maybe in this place you've come in here because someone invited you You've never been in a place like this before. But we gather for one reason, because we love the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't know him, I want to give that opportunity to know him. You see, it's not about just knowing about Jesus. It's about having the revelation of who he is and then a relationship. A relationship that doesn't stop with a hand raised in church, but it's a relationship that lasts for a lifetime. So right across this room right now, if that's you, and you've never given your life to Jesus, or maybe you're coming back to him this morning. I want to give you that opportunity. Just while no one's looking around, if that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand 
so I can pray with you. Raising of the hand is just an, an outward expression of an inward decision. That's what's happening here. It's actually the act of faith. That's why sometimes it's difficult to raise the hand because it's an act of faith where you're saying yes to Jesus. Just while no one's looking around, if that's you, you've never given your life to Christ or you're coming back to Christ, I'd love you to raise your hand so I can pray with you. I won't embarrass you, but I'd love to pray with you. Well, Father, I pray for everyone in this room. They don't know you, Lord. I ask you to woo them, to continue to woo them, because, God, I know you're working every life. If they do know you, Lord, I ask you to challenge them and bless them because challenge brings growth and growth brings blessing to see them be all they can be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.highfields on Facebook or Instagram or head to highlandschurch.org.au for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Highfields message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.